Hi everyone, welcome to the Heads or Tails podcast hosted by myself, Matt McClory. Welcome back to my leadership podcast, Heads or Tails. This season I'm so excited about, so why don't you like, subscribe, share it with a friend. We're going to have podcast platform as well as YouTube. And I'm excited for you to check out today's episode with Lisa Tarr. Lisa's one of the OGs of our church. She's a businesswoman, a mother, an amazing wife, just an amazing part of our world. And I'm excited to talk to her about faith, business, the cost of calling, what it takes to do what she does. And I'm really excited. I believe it's going to empower you and help you in whatever you're called to do in your life. Well, Lisa Tarr, so good to have you on the podcast. (laughs) My leadership podcast, Heads or Tails. And it is fitting that the first videoed episode is with you. It is. It's good to have you. Thank you. Glad thanks to be for, here. Thanks for coming on. Um, Always. Jill and I, we love you guys so much. And uh, there's so much mutual love. There is. And I just thought we could kick it off by, um, I think you should let everyone know, obviously, what you do. We're going to talk a lot about that today. Yep. Um, but I just thought it'd be pretty cool if you could just tell a story about how we first <laughs> met and how yeah. you came to church or how we ended up just like doing this whole thing called life. I together. know. It's so great. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Always um, love you guys. And it's we've done so much life together and it's just been incredible. But yeah, oh my gosh, thinking back to what, seven years ago um, when Colonial was forming and we had just, you know, been doing the foundry, the ministry in, in mm-hmm. St. Augustine and um, had Liam and June back to back. And so we were in a crazy season <clears throat> and, you know, we started taking a step back from that and mm-hmm. we're really praying for a place to raise our kids and and call home and, um, you know, saw this thing colonial and ended up in your living room somehow with two screaming children. And do you remember how was you, crazy. was there one of that, one of some other person that invited you? Do you remember how you even yeah, heard I know. about it? Cause I, we didn't advertise anything. We did not advertise, but you know, I think about, um, I think we call ourselves OGs, but yeah. the Morans, <clears throat> excuse me, the Morans and the Rob Shaws and that whole crew that, you know, Jeff was really plugged in with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of how we ended up at the pumpkin church, yeah. which is just crazy. And I remember being there that night and just feeling like I was home again. And it was oh just beautiful. Gosh. And I can't tell you the blessing you guys have been. And I'm, I won't get emotional on the podcast, the first video podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to we'll cry, but um, yeah, no tears here. But yeah, it's just been a beautiful story. And, you know, even just moving from Texas to Florida, Mm-hmm. I always question that decision sometimes of like, wow. you know, leaving Texas and, and coming to Florida and ending up in St. Augustine. But when I sit here today, it's it's so much more than, you know, those decisions. It's what God wanted and for mm-hmm. where he wanted our family for this season. And it's been incredible. So, yeah. yeah, it's really cool because to hear you say that, because I think there was a real unsettling of, of, of things out there when people started coming to Colonial when we first started. And that's the, that was the consistent theme was there was a lot of families or a lot of young couples that were starting families that were like going to move somewhere. Or I remember like Mike and Karen, other people were like, Oh, we were going to move to like Ryan and Jamie Lee. Right. We're like, we're going to move to somewhere. And I can't remember where. North Carolina. I think during that time, Jeff and I were talking about moving back to Texas. Yeah. You know, I'm like, man, any more help with the kids and this is crazy. Yeah. um, yeah, God had other plans. And it's so, it's so it's cool. Amazing. Like God can just, you know, start a local church 
through a bunch of people and yeah. and now we're all doing life together. Doing life and family. Yeah. But I think it's that feeling like we were home again was yeah. the coolest piece of it. Yep. That's awesome. Still home. Still home. <laughs> Still I'm home. I'm grateful to hear that. Amen. Too. Uh, seven <laughs> years in, you know, we want to keep, we're trying just to keep it like that, you know, for That's everyone great. that comes for the first time. Um, all right. So, but there's obviously a lot more to your story. And can you tell everyone about what you do? Because I think yeah. we're going to talk a lot about today. We're going to talk about calling. We're going to talk about purpose, uh, the outworking of all those things in the midst of family and church and stuff like that. But tell everyone kind of yeah. the Lisa Tarr. Give us the bio. Lisa Tarr. Um, so I am the Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Pet Paradise. Um, Pet Paradise owns and operates, gosh, 52 uh, pet resorts now and 30 veterinary hospitals. So I oversee all of the marketing, communication, brand, advertising um, for the company. And yeah, we've been on rapid growth, which has been also a really fun kind of learning experience for me. So when I started with them, which is 13 years ago, which is, um, I think, really hard to say because most millennials do not stay anywhere for wow. 13 years. But is this the only job you've ever had? No. Oh, okay. You know how many people have asked me that question? Well, 13. <laughs> so I'm thinking. Thank you. I think it's a compliment. It is a compliment. Yeah, yeah. no, I, uh, a long time. I joke about that because I've had that question asked me. But no, this was my third job out of college. Okay. So Did you started, have similar jobs before that? Um, I worked in agency land. So I worked for a PR firm and then I worked for the Humane Society as their um, communication director. Cool. So that's how I met up with Pet Paradise and became their director of marketing yep. um, 13 years ago and then worked my way up to the VP role. Been in that role for seven years now. That's amazing. I learned a lot. But yeah. Not my first job out of college. So you're you're in a pretty big, <laughs> high-profile job, big, yep. high-profile company. Um, how has that worked out? Because when you started working at Pet Paradise, it was a much smaller company. It was. So in 10 locations. You've grown with them. Yep. How has that been? A lot of challenge, yeah. a lot of stretching, a lot of learning would yeah. be the three things I would say. It was... So I'm, <clears throat> I am much a like entrepreneurial at heart. So when I took that role, I thought it was really exciting. They had a great vision mm-hmm. and I love good vision. And so I thought this is something that I, is worth moving for. So I started in Texas and, oh, okay. and we're remote for almost two years. So I flew back and forth every quarter. I would fly up for the board meetings, wow. which is a whole nother story because um, I was very young. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this sounds great. And I just kept showing up and doing it over and over again. Um, but yeah, just watching the growth and trying to constantly adjust to, you know, different ways of leading people, different ways of stewarding, stewarding my calling, I think has been the biggest thing. And just, um, having mentors and a lot of prayer has been the key for that because, you know, this is not something that I woke up and said, you know what, I want to be a VP one day. That was never anything that I, I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Like I always loved pets, but, um, when you're gifted something, you're called to steward it well, whether it's good or bad. And so I've had to consistently kind of show up and and steward that calling. And being part of high growth, nothing is ever static. Like right. everything is always changing. It's always changing, yeah. And so you have to just always change with it, which was very hard for me because I'm a pretty, anybody that knows me, I'm a pretty like routined, kind of disciplined person. So yeah. I had to let go a lot of, of a lot of things to to be agile, I think is the word there. But I think you're kind of hitting on like a good point. Like you've, there's clearly a grace on this role, your career, there's a grace on it. Like you've, you've come up the ranks, you've grown with the company. 
there's obviously been favor attached to it yeah. and, and that's really amazing. But for someone to stay for 13 years yeah. and to put in the work week in, week out, it takes, I think, someone who understands routine. Yes, 100%. And marrying those two things together, yeah. um, which I think is is absolutely amazing. Like before I moved into Colonial, the company that I worked for, it basically had stayed with the same people yeah. for over a decade. Yeah. And what I learned was if as long as I could roll with the punches yep, and keep up, and keep relationships good. I'll never yeah. forget something my dad said to me one time. He just said, because he was like a hotshot lawyer yeah. and very successful. And he just said this. He said, Maddie, just get along with people. Mm, that's good advice. <laughs> yeah. I wish someone would have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, just he's like, if you if you if you're gonna be one of those guys who rolls in and out of jobs and you're always yeah. getting people offside and you're always fighting with people, he said you'll never be successful. So but if you can learn to just get along with people. Yep. And I think like That's I look at what advice. you've you've accomplished and I think God has blessed you in a massive oh, way. Yeah. Yes. But I also think it's been your faithfulness, yep. commitment, showing up. Talk to me about the daily grind. Yeah, the daily grind <laughs> or grit, I like grit, to call it. Daily, um, grit. daily yeah. grit. It's what time do you wake up? What time do you Man, go to so, and I think this is something that I've had to do like as a working mom is different seasons call for different grind or grit or routine. Yes. Yes. Um, and so what I did five years ago in my routine five years ago, completely different now. So now I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Um, and that's been my new thing for the last two months because my days are filled with meetings all day. Mm. So I don't have a lot of time to actually sit down and, and think and do work. So mm. I wake up, I do my quiet time. Um, and then I hit the emails. So um, how long would you have a quiet time for? On about average? 30 minutes. Yep. yep. About 30 minutes. Um, and then have breakfast. Me and my husband sit and have breakfast in the mornings, which That's is nice awesome. before the kids wake up and then hit emails and then get the kids up. It's always been important to me to have time with the kids, very intentional, you know, in the mornings and in the evenings mm -hmm. where it's very quality time and trying not to intertwine that with work. So um, that's been current routine. I mean, five years ago when the kids were really little, it was really important for me to be home by 530 right? And I drive an hour each way. Mm. Um, and I have an incredible boss and leader. So my CEO has been just top notch when it comes to family first. That's awesome. Um, he's always big on excellence and obviously doing a good job, but mm. you know, it was okay for me to leave, you know, at four and get home and make sure I'm there for dinner and do those things that were important in that season. And then the kids would go to bed a little earlier and then I would do some work at night. Um, so it, it, the grind is, it is can't be static. Yep. I think when you work for a high growth company or you're trying to kind of always evolve yourself, I think it's important to look at your routine and it's okay to change it. Yeah. You know, what works now doesn't work five years from now. So yeah, that's brilliant. The seasons change. Seasons change and you have to go with it. Kids grow, kids get a bit older. Yep. They need different things. Yeah. That's, that's like really I think good. back to like getting up early, making baby food versus getting up early wow. now and <laughs> yes, hitting <laughs> yeah. some emails, but that's right. Yeah. And so, so I want to know how you balance family and work. Yeah. Like how do you balance those two things? Because I think there'll be people watching this that probably desire to do the same thing. And yeah. and maybe there will be people watching this, listening to this that are in the middle of it and they're just like, yeah. man, I'm struggling to balance family. What have you learned as you've done that? And then mm. I also want to know at work, yeah. have you had to fight for that? Have yes. you had to fight to oh, – to, yeah. To, to keep that <clears throat> and have there been seasons where it's been where it's been harder or easier 
Absolutely. That's a good question. Um, I think 100% have to fight for it. And there's got to be intentionality. And, you know, that's where I go around this quality time versus quantity of time. Mm -hmm. It's always been big for me because, you know, when my kids were little, I had Liam to June, they're very close in age. So, you know, Jeff and I got married, we had two kids back to back. At that time, I was in a senior leadership role. So I was a senior director of marketing. And I remember thinking, this is very different than it was when it was just me, <laughs> right? Like trying to do both. And for me, it was always so important to be there for like the big moments or having eye contact with my kids when I'm with them. Like, okay, I can't be there all day. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with that very early on. Like the mom guilt is real, you know? And I think the enemy does a good job with working moms um, to try to like instill that in them. And um, I overcame it from a lot of prayer and watching my kids grow up over time and knowing that they're okay and that I'm okay. And, you know, it was a struggle a hundred percent when they were little. And, um, I just kept praying. I kept showing up because I felt so much that my calling was to be in my career and in my role for Mm. my family, you know? Uh, And I think a lot of times, you know, you have mom guilt and then there's this little piece of like, okay, I'm a, a woman in the family and, and what's my role and, and how do I steward that well? And um, for me, it was always being called to that place, but also obviously being called to being a part of my family and, and being plugged in there. But I think that when you're a working mom or a new mom, you always struggle with mom guilt, whether you work or not. Yeah. I think that's a piece of the puzzle, but I think there's this grace and this prayer that you have to be intentional around. Um, and you have to show up each day. You know, if you feel called to do something, it's not easy. Yes. <laughs> and so I think that was something early on where I'm like, okay, God, I feel called to do this, but this is really hard. You know, really. So a lot of like praying and crying and praying and <laughs> um, showing up. But, you know, I think also having people around you that are encouraging mm-hmm. and, and being planted places helps with that. You know, when you need other people to encourage you or, you know, Jeff's always been a huge supporter and encouraging me, you know, to just keep showing up, Lisa, like, this is what you're called to do. And, yeah. and God has shown that because he's made it, this is going to sound strange based on what I said, but he's made it easy too. Ah, right. Yeah. So in big decisions, in work decisions, in hiring or firing decisions, which are very hard to do and are very mm-hmm. high profile and, and all these places, he's also made it easy. He's also shown me what to do in different times. And so it's always uh, refreshing, I think, when you tune into that. So yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice is just to keep showing up and not give up. You know, I think that that's where the grit comes in and the discipline comes in, but also having good people around you is uh, key to hold your arms up when you can. That's awesome. Have you seen the Holy Spirit move at work? Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. In the boardroom? In the boardroom, all the time. I mean, you know, I'll paint a picture for you. So (laughs) I am very young going into board meetings. So when I went into the VP role seven years ago, you know, Liam and June were two and three years old. And so anybody that knows me know my kids did not sleep like (laughs) at all. (laughs) And so it never failed. A kid got sick or didn't sleep um, leading up to a big uh, presentation. And anybody that knows me, too. I like to be prepared. I like to do things well. And so it was always this conflict for me. I always felt like I was going in with a handicap, right? right? Like 
all these people sitting around me in this room, their kids are grown. They don't have to, they don't have the pressure. You know, I'm coming in. It's, it's me. Like, what do I know? And so the Holy Spirit would always show up right before those meetings, like, and calm me, you know, and I'd be in prayer before I'm like, God, okay. Like, help me, Holy Spirit. Tell me what to say. I'm blanking right now. Like, Mm. and I would leave the meeting and people would be like, that was incredible. Or you are just so gifted. And I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so gifted. Yeah. Um, or where there was a challenge with um, an employee. I recently had a pretty uh, rough go with a, a, a team member that um, had to leave. And so it was a very difficult situation. And old Lisa would have had a very hard time um, managing it and handling it. And new Lisa did really well with it. And uh, my CEO, I remember him saying, he was like, wow, that took a lot of leadership to handle. I'm super impressed. But again, that all comes from the Holy Spirit. I I did not grow up knowing leadership. I did not understand those things. Um, I didn't go to some big pedigree school, you know? So it's been really neat to watch the Holy Spirit work and show up day in day out and lean into that so So, yeah it's been really cool i remember i used to do i I called them elevator prayers yeah i used Mm -hmm. to do my elevator prayers before i walked on the trading desk (laughs) and um because i mean the trading desk was just like a jungle right crazy i mean corporate america is the same it's nuts and i just remember having these like moments where i'd be like okay lord like Mm -hmm. i'm about to literally go into the lion's den yes and i I just used to have like i remember just be like I worked on the 52nd floor of this of this office tower in Sydney. And so that was a long elevator ride. Oh, yeah. But it was good because I just got a moment to pray, close my eyes, yep. you know, and just – and then I just – I never forget how many times like, I felt the presence of God yep. before stepping into those moments. And so that's why I just wanted to ask you that because yeah. I think as Christians, like we can see out – like we can com- compartmentalize yep. our work and faith and sometimes and be like, well, that's my church life, that's my home life. But I really had a revelation that they're they're, oh, yeah. they're so intertwined. Hundred percent. And there's a there's such a blessing in like bringing bringing the Holy Spirit into meetings and. Hundred um, percent. So and, and he, yeah. he reveals stuff in meetings. So that's the other uh, thing awesome. that's been neat. Like, again, high growth. It's never been done before. What our business is doing too. So mm-hmm. I would be in meetings and we'd be trying to figure stuff out, and I'd just start praying, like in my head, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that would be kind of strange, <laughs> Not right? In tongues over oh, the table. Wow, Lisa. <laughs> like- <laughs> really interesting. You okay over there? Um, and all of a sudden, it would like drop on me, like this wow. is what you need to do, or this is the strategy, or this is the direction, and that has been very, very helpful um, to utilize. So I was, I always look, started looking at that handicap very differently mm. um, as almost like, oh, wait a minute, Lisa, like you actually have an advantage. That's it's brilliant. not a handicap. And yeah, physically you might not be where you want to be. Like mentally you're not a hundred percent because you haven't slept in five years, but like, yeah. it's all right because I got you. So mm. I had to let go of a lot of that, like kind of perfectionism early on. One thing I've noticed about you and Jeff is you're, you're worshippers. You're, you've always been like a worshiper. Um, how how does that play a part in all of this? Yeah. Like, are you a worshiper in the office? Like, do you put worship on music on yep. in the car? Like, is yes. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So, um, people ask me all the time, "How do you do this commute? You commute to Jacksonville, Lisa? Yeah. Like, right? Which is an hour. Which is an hour. Yeah. yeah I listen to worship music pretty much the whole ride there and the whole ride home." 
Um, unless like I really need a different, you know, mood that day, then I'll put on nineties rap. So <laughs> what you know about my car is either it's nineties rap or like full blown worship going on. If you need a boost. I, yeah. You know. you know, a different kind of boost. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that has always been my time. I will listen to worship music. Um, I sit in traffic a lot. So I would be in my car with my hands up. So if anybody pulled up next to me, we'd probably be like, what is this chick doing over here? Hands but off the wheel. Hands off the wheel. Only hands when I'm stopped in traffic. Only when, yeah, exactly. Yes. Or um, control. Yeah, or I'll listen to a message. Yep. You know, I'll listen to a message from church. Um, if we happen to miss a Sunday, so I'll listen to a message. So that's always been my time to either like, listen to worship music, or if there's something like in leadership, I'll listen to a, a podcast. So that's been my time to have that. Um, it's not been easy having that commute at times, but yeah, that's where I use it. But definitely it works. So I'll put on ear, earbud, earpods mm-hmm. um, and listen to worship before big meetings. A lot of times it's a secret. <laughs> that's a good one. Yep. Or I'll like listen that. to prayers like repeating. Um, but yeah. So yeah. you got the commute and you've had the commute for a while. That's obviously a big deal. 11 um, years going leads, strong. Leads me into kind of, I want to talk to you about like the cost of all this. Oh, yeah. The cost of the calling. Yeah. <laughs> so the reality is you can't pray to have a big life and want yeah. God to bless you and, and be able to step onto and, and have a platform like you have now. Um, I think you're widely recognized. I think people, a lot of people know what you do now, know who you are your profile has grown a lot. Yeah. What what would you say are some of the costs mm. that come with something like that? Because yeah. I think someone, again, could be watching this, looking at it. Maybe there's a young person that wants to step into oh, corporate, yeah. corporate America. What, what is it going to take? Yeah, I think that I joke that it's sleep. You know, it's the cost. <laughs> that's a I think really, I'll forever be like. And that's real. That's real. And my boss always tells me, don't worry, Lisa, one day you'll sleep again. Oh. Enjoy the kids while they're young. I'm like, that's good. Good wisdom. Um yeah, I think that a big one for me has been having to say no. So I am a, quite a social person and I love to hang out with people. Yeah. And so I've had to have a lot of intentionality around what to do outside of my family and work, mm. right? Because those are two things that career-wise, there's a lot of uh, mental output there and then family too. So there's been a cost of like, you know, um, certain things I want to go to that I can't or certain relationships that I might want to grow that I can't that are outside of those two things. And that was really hard early on for me. Um, but I also know I'm in a different season. Yeah. You know, I'm in the season that I'm called to do this right now, but that was tough. It's still tough at times to, yeah. to, you know, not want to be at a lot of things, um, and having to say no, or when you say no, you know, sometimes, people forget about you sometimes and those things. But Mm. so I think there is, there's always a cost. And for me, it's been a little bit around, like, I love to be social and I love to host and I love to do all those things. And, and having to take a step back from that and knowing it doesn't mean forever. Mm. Cause I think a lot of times when we think of costs, we think of it being forever. And so I remind myself all the time, Lisa, it might not be now, but Hey, in five years, you know what? you might be in that season, but right now you're in this season. So I think there's a cost there. Something else for me really early on that I had to work through is kind of this um, cost around when you start doing something that you're called to do, you're going to get attacked. Mm. You're going to get attacked um, from many angles. And so for me, it revealed a lot of weakness um, around like being secure in my identity and what I do. 
right? And so there was a cost all of a sudden that came from that of getting really pressed on like, I'm not, I'm not called to do this, right? I'm mm-hmm. not this, why am I doing this? And started to question it. Started to things. question it. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the cost is also all of a sudden getting attacked around your gifting. Yes. Um, and so I really had to like take a step back from and go like, wait a second. Like, this isn't me. I shouldn't lay this down. This is like, mm. I'm right where I should be. Yeah. Right. And that was a moment of a switch for me. That was really fine. important. Yeah. Um, and so that, I was not prepared for that cost where it's like, oh, you like to do this? Okay. Well, mm. let, me, let me just start poking all of these things yeah. in you. Um, and did that reinforce like something? It did. In your Big heart. time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in 2020, it was, the attack was even more because- you know, having to take a step back and work remote and try to lead remote and also steward the business well when, you know, travel ceased. And so 80% yeah. of our revenue ceased and wow. having two kids at home that uh, couldn't go to school and trying to teach them and like literally going, oh my gosh, you know, failing at everything. And so the enemy came in there and was like, you are not a good speaker. You are not a good presenter and was just going crazy at that. And I remember thinking, oh, so that is a next season that I'm being called to do. And mm. you want to mess with me? Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. And so I all of a sudden had to go like, whoa, okay. I need to like recheck my routine. Where am I weak? How do I rebuild that? Yep. Because this is something that I'm being set up for. I don't know when or where. That's awesome. But I need to. And so he tried to take that from me in that year. Try to steal your confidence. Yes. Yeah. Big time. And so I remember coming back to the office and going into boardrooms and feeling very different than I was before 2020. And, but having an awareness of what was happening was key to me. And then also understanding like, okay, so that's a next, that's a next season for me that mm-hmm. I need to like steward well and make sure that it's not being taken away from me. And so that was a big change. So when it comes to cost, I think for me personally, it's the it was a social component in yep. saying no more. But it was also like when you're doing something you're called to, be prepared and be aware mm. and make sure that you're you're kind of ready for that. Um, and then know you're in the right place, <laughs> which is really crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, I I think the um I think the thing you hit on was beautiful because like when the enemy attacks you. Sometimes we can feel like, oh man, like have I done something wrong? Right. Am I in the wrong place? But what I've found is it's usually the enemy's attacking you because there's areas to work on, yep. but that's setting you up for whatever next. That's right. Which is exactly what you said. And I yep. think, um, I think with the cost too, what I've found is that whatever I've given up to God and sacrificed for Him, He's always redeemed in some yeah. way. Yeah. And um, it's encouraging. So Jill and I, like with with church, you know, and we started off with this many friends, and you know, right. it feels like oh, you know, yeah. your friendship circle just gets less and less because you're leading more people. The church is getting so bigger. Hard. And, yeah. But what I found totally is, you know, because you can't be friends with everyone. Yeah. Right. I totally get that. Um, but the the friendships that we do have, I've noticed God's made them richer. Yeah, that's right. And then, like, even like you know, like you and Jeff, for example, yeah. like because we've got so much history, it just makes the relationships so much like sweeter, stronger. And so I've seen that redemption in those things. Yeah. Um, but so I think good. the other thing that's cool is is like you can't be where you're at without having to take a few hits. That's exactly right. And Sacrifice. And, and like I was last week I was at um, Passion City Church we were talking about yeah, before the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, someone made mention of this, but I, I think about this a lot with Louis and Shelley Giglio. I'm just like 
I can't imagine the battles they've fought oh. in, in the spirit realm yeah. and the stuff that they've oh. had to reinforce in their own lives and the amount of darts from the enemy. And oh, like, yeah. and so I think what, what you're saying is so helpful to someone because if you want to step into what you, you've done and you want to achieve success in corporate America, like, and you're a Christian. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Talk to Lisa. Talk to me. Um, yeah. But like you're going to need... So, so let's, let's yeah. just, can we go there for so a second? So, yes. so no, how, do you, how do you protect yourself? Like what, yep. what are the things like, talk to me, is it Bible reading, yes. prayer? You talked a lot about prayer, which I love. What are some other things? Yeah. So Bible reading, prayer, and worship have been the three. And then having people around me. So yes. like if I'm having a hard week or I'm having a bad day, mm-hmm. I have certain people that I'll text. Awesome. And be like, hey, <clears throat> like this is what's going on. I'm struggling. And they're so quick to, with encouragement or with prayer. And that's what I need. I need that reinforcement sometimes from godly people to be like, yes. you're killing it. You're doing good. Like keep and going. And not the wrong people. Wrong people, yeah. bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. That will lead you nowhere. Yeah. They just yep. want to, you know, yeah. even if you're being a bit negative or whatever, you don't need to go to, you shouldn't yeah. go to a negative person. Should not go to a negative person, especially if you know, big key in leadership is knowing yourself. Mm. Right. And so when I'm, I'm like hitting my edge, the last thing I need is for somebody to be like, you're going to burn out. You're too tapped out. Uh, Maybe you should think about a different job, Lisa. Wow. Right? And so I've had those conversations before and I've left going like, oh my God, mm. maybe I should. Mm. Maybe I should. Like this is too much versus the ones that are like, you're doing what you should be doing. You were gone. I'm like, you're right. And it's this like release for me. Like, that's right. It is easy. And I know that mm. sounds ridiculous to say because it's not easy, but there is this place that God makes it easy. If you look for it, mm. he will make it easy because That's you don't good. have to hold that burden. That's good. Right? I don't have to hold the weight of, wow, Lisa, I don't, I get this question a lot. I don't know how you do it mm. all the time. I don't know how you do it. No what more. do you say? What do you mean? <laughs> and well, what I say is I don't do it. Like God does it. That's awesome. I don't do it. And I'm like, yeah, I do commute. Yes, I do have two small children. Yes, I do have a family. And mm. yeah, I have this crazy career, but if you don't release that over, you will be crushed because yeah. it's not yours to hold. That's beautiful. Right. And you so I think there's a release. But yeah, you you have to have the right people around you to to lift you up. And everybody knows what they need. And for me, it's always been the positive reinforcement because I can get in my own head all the time. Yeah. You know, and, um, and you can find the negative voices so always, easily that you've got to always. select the ones that are going to give you the wisdom. That's right. The wise counsel, yep. the you know, confirm your calling in you. And one of the things I love about your world is there's such a grace on what you do. Mm-hmm. Like it's obvious. And I think like even for me, like sometimes I can get caught up in what I do and be like, oh, man, am I, do I suck at preaching? Oh, yeah. Totally. I, am I the worst leader ever? You know, am I actually any good at this? <laughs> but it's the people like that around me that tell me this is what you're supposed to do yep. in your life. And yep. you need those people in those down days mm-hmm. or on the tough days or you've had a bad <clears> meeting or you know, things like that. So you have to. So that's amazing. Um, yeah. talk to me about the future. What do you Ooh. what are you what are you look <laughs> what are you looking forward to? I mean, are we yeah. gonna see you on the cover of Forbes magazine? <laughs> like I personally hope that yeah. happens because maybe we'll get invited on a trip maybe. to you know, with you and Jeff. Yeah, maybe to, I'll actually be able to travel. Like a super yacht somewhere in the Mediterranean. I don't know. Like <laughs> that'd be great. But buy a boat, call it paradise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's what? Are you, what are you looking forward man. to? Tell me your goals. What do you believe in God for? Got any faith that you can yeah. share with us? 
You know, I think it's interesting. I, I definitely think there's something in my next season and stepping out more around conversations and uh, women in leadership. And that's why it was so neat when I was asked to do this. But I think there's something there. Mm. Um, I think there's something there in sharing some of my story too. I'm just different facets of my life. From a career standpoint, um, until God tells me to stop, I'm not going to stop. Um, but it Such could, a good answer. It could be next week. He's like, hey, it's time. <laughs> and I know that sounds so cliche and funny, but it's true because I've prayed, you know, like, okay, because if you know me, I'm very competitive. So I'm like, well, I, what's the top? I want to be a CMO, right? Mm. That's such an easy answer for me. I want to be a CMO one day. And for everyone watching, that's chief. Chief marketing, marketing officer, so, right? Yep. That's the highest title I could be in my career. And I have these conversations with my boss and he's always like, why? I'm like, because it's the top title. Yeah. And he's like, okay, but like, why? Why? <laughs> and I'm like, because I just, you know, want to yeah. be the best. And so I have to check myself a little bit on that intentionality because if I'm called to be a CMO, then I will step into that 100%. But I also know part of that is also how I want to steward and live my life and with my family. And so if it happens in a way that those things work together, then yes. Um, but I, I, uh, Look forward to, I think I told you this many years ago, like taking a step back one day um, and enjoying the, the fruits of my labor mm-hmm. more, I think would be great. Um, but until God says to stop, I won't. And that's what's been so in- interesting because, you know, when I look back three years ago, how many people are on my team versus now, right? It's doubled. We've doubled locations. We're opening 10 each year. It just keeps getting bigger. But the strangest thing is it keeps getting easier for me. Mm. Right. When I think back to five years ago, it was so hard. It was a struggle. It was so hard. Mm. Um, I felt like out of my league and what am I doing and all these things. And now it's so weird to say it that way, but it feels so much easier. And so that's why I don't have the answer. You know, if you would ask me five years ago, I would have said I would be done mm. um, when we have a great event that happens. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but I do think that I will always use my giftings to steward well and i think i have um a lot stuff to share and so yeah i'm looking forward to more of that yeah that's awesome yeah i think carrying it with open hand is just the best it is answer because it's like well you know whatever god wants me to do and he'll make the opportunity um he'll make me aware of it you know that's one of the things like i used to struggle with i was like what if i miss what god wants i just don't think he works that way no i think he always just tells his kids plainly go in this direction. I need you to do this. Show now. up. You know, and, yeah. And don't overcomplicate up. it. Yes. <laughs> right. It's simple. just like, it's so it can simple. be so simple, which I think a lot of people go like, but how do you do it, Lisa? Mm. I'm like, but there is this simplicity and joy to like, I think plugging into the ease of it. Right. Yeah. Because in your calling, there is this piece of it that is easy. Yes. And so when you continue to focus on that, the heart is still hard. Like it's not, you don't just show up and get, I think there's this weird view of like, oh yeah, I'm going to get my first job and then I'm going to be a VP. I'm going to be in the corner office and I'm going to work 25 hours a week and, you know, um, and have my kids and like all is well, Mm. but that is not reality at all. There's a lot of hard work, but I think when you are in your calling and you focus on the easiness of it and the simplicity of it, it makes the hard less hard and it gives you wisdom on hand to how to kind of, um, nurture the hard. Where it doesn't become overwhelming. That's awesome. Yep. 
Well, I love this conversation. This was fun. Was so good. I think there's so clearly uh, like a grace, obviously, on what you do, but I think you're right. I think there's a grace on what's coming for you to actually articulate some of this stuff yep. in leadership settings, yep. whether that's inside. I think this would be a huge help inside the church, but I think outside the church yep. as well. Yep. Um, and you know that we have you back. Yeah. And we're behind you Always. 100%. Yeah. I couldn't have done it without you guys. And um, I'm just excited to see what, what transpires, yep. you know, and just, you know, remember me when the stock options I will. come out. Yeah, and, um, you on the boat. <laughs> yeah just, just remember, remember Colonial. No, I, and again, I, when I, like, I like to Google Earth out. Like, I think it's always important to Google Earth out of your life. And I always wondered, like, why did I move here? Right. Like, why did I take this risk? Like Pet Paradise, like who is this company? 10 company, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so much of my, our entire family's success has been colonial. Wow. Like there's no way Jeff and I and Liam and June would be where we are without you guys and the church and the support and the constant encouragement and the constant refreshing mm. that you guys have given. And so thank you guys for all you do. It, oh. There's no way that we would be doing what we do without y'all. It makes everything we do worthwhile. Yeah. When you see the families and you see the the you guys walking in and you know, you know, with smiles yeah. on your faces and people just experiencing you know the love yep. of God week in week out. But then like you think, wow, that's been seven years of that. Seven years. And it's like that's a whole lot of weeks <laughs> back to back. Seven weeks. Yeah. And it's and it turns into a life. You know. It does. And I just can't wait to see what. You know, we didn't talk about this, but obviously what happens next with the next generation. I know. You know? What, what are they going to do? Like, what are they going to step into? Yeah. What, how's God going to use them? It's going to be so it's cool. It's going to be so watch. cool. And just keep showing up. That's the key. And we'll be, cheering, hard we'll be cheering them on. Yep. So. Keep cheering them on. So you better get to work. So I'll let you go. Do I have to? It's <laughs> just fun. <laughs> Much love. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening today. We pray that this episode encourages you and helps you in your own leadership journey. We'd love for you to subscribe and why don't you leave us a review. Until next time, much love. Do you have a prayer need today? Our team at Colonial Church would love to come alongside you in prayer. You don't have to go to Colonial Church or be in St. Augustine to receive prayer. You just simply need to email prayer at colonialchurch.life that's prayer at colonialchurch.life at any time to receive some encouragement and know that an army of people are praying on your behalf.